Hi there, you're listening to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City podcast. I'm Pastor John Witham. This sermon, Love, is from 22 December 2019. The scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It was the last of four sermons during the season of Advent. Thank you for listening and may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here this morning (laughs) to talk about the marriage of heaven and earth. We're so used to hearing 1 Corinthians 13 in a wedding context. Uh, I don't know that I've been to a wedding uh, where 1 Corinthians 13 hasn't, at least in some part, been read. And so we're used to thinking of it as a marriage chapter of the Bible. But let's keep thinking of it as a marriage chapter of the Bible for a moment and think about the marriage of heaven and earth. Because in the beginning, God created. And when God created, heaven and earth were one. The the realm of humanity was also the realm of God. God was able to walk freely amongst humans, amongst people, talk with them, laugh with them, enjoy creation with them. It was a, a commingled thing. And then at some point, evil entered into the world. And once evil entered into the world... That broke up the marriage. But God doesn't give up that easily. Because God had so much more invested in it than we can ever imagine because God is love. And God loved humanity so much that he wasn't willing to just let humanity scurry away. He wasn't willing to let that brokenness be the end. And he wasn't willing to destroy what he had created. So God continued to love. And the story of the Bible, the story of God's people, who we knew as the the people of Israel in the Old Testament and now know as the church in the New Testament and currently today, The story of God in Scripture is the story of God constantly being faithful in love over and over and over again to his creation, to his family, to his people. Because God is love and God can't be anything else but love. We even see through the New Testament, and in the book of Revelation, we see the church being described as a bride, the bride of Christ. So there might really be something to going ahead and looking at this through the eyes of marriage. Because we have been unfaithful. And we have been separated from the perfect love of God. And that separation produces something in humanity that was kind of unexpected. And that's longing. 
lots of things we long for, aren't there? You see something on TV and you think, ooh, I think I'd like to have that thing. And so you think about it and you think about it and you, you know, maybe you even go so far as to save up money for it. And you think that once I've attained this thing, once I've gotten this thing, I'll be satisfied. And then you get the thing and you may be happy for a while that you finally have this whatever it is. But then something else comes along. Or you want more things for your thing. <laughs> Isn't that weird? We, we want things for our things. You buy a house, you want furniture. You buy a car, you want to upgrade some of this and that in the car. You, you buy a, a, a computer or a, an iPad or an iPhone and you've got to get a case for it and you've got to get the, the screen protector for it when you drop it 800 times because you're clumsy. And so your stuff wants stuff. And then you long for that stuff, and it just keeps going and going. Or maybe you, you travel for the first time, and, and you, you venture outside your hometown, and you see that there's a bigger world out there, and you want to go see more of it. But that costs money. And in the meantime, you just sit and think about all of the places that you know of that are out in the world that you want to go to. But then there are worse longings, aren't there? We, a good longing is longing for love, longing for fellowship, longing for relationship with other people. And if you wind up in the church, I think that's a good thing. That's what the church is supposed to be. It is supposed to be the closest that we can get to offering the world the fullness of God's kingdom here on earth. But sometimes you wind up amongst people who accept you conditionally. Maybe they accept you on the condition that you look and act like them. Maybe they accept you on the condition that you abuse a particular substance. Maybe they accept you on the condition that, they hate the, that you hate the same people they hate. It's longing. We try so hard to fulfill the longings in our hearts that have been created by the separation from God's love. We even do it this time of year. This, this sentimentality around the December season this nostalgia that we get. We get this because we remember a time that we were loved well. We remember a time that in a dark world, th things seemed merry and bright. And so we, we play the songs that make us think of the good times. We play the songs that make us think of, of happy memories. We, we have traditions that, that call us back to a time that we were well-loved. Or maybe you shun all that and avoid that because that wasn't the story of your life growing up. Longing. 
we live in a world of longing, and we ourselves are part of this world of longing. And the time of Advent is acknowledging that Christ has come, that Christ is coming again, but that, it, that we're somewhere in the middle, in the meantime, in the longing. And we want love. We want to be loved, and we want to love other people. But we also long for the fulfillment, fulfillment of all of this, the fullness of all of this. I'd like to propose an idea this morning. That if we as followers of Jesus want to live in anticipation of the fulfillment of our longings, we have to allow God's love to reign in our lives. And it's all clearly laid out for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First of all, understanding and accepting God's love involves work because we don't accept this unconditional love naturally and it involves individual and interpersonal work. You can't have one without the other. I don't think we were meant to fully understand the deep things of God outside of the community of God with other people. John Donne once wrote, No man is an island. We don't exist unto ourselves. Yes, there's a very important aspect where we daily stand before God, our creator, our redeemer, and the great lover of who we are. And we do things to develop and maintain our relationship with God. But we don't get to flesh out those things unless we're in community with people. Sometimes it's easy for me to love myself, but if I only ever exist by myself, then I never get to love somebody else. And even God himself, who is all love and all complete before he ever created, created so that he could have beings love him, mirror that love back to him. And so we have to have a relation, a loving relationship with God where we both love God and allow God to love us. And my gosh, that second part is really bloody hard sometimes, isn't it? To allow God to love us? One of my greatest personal spiritual struggles is waking up every morning and reminding myself that I am worthy and deserving of the love of God and that I'm not some wretched spider being held out over a flame, but rather that I am an object of God's love, that I'm deserving of God's love and worthy of God's love. And because of that, I want to love God. And then I can allow other people to love me if I allow God to love me. It takes both the personal and the communal love to see that. 
all of these aspects of love that are named out in verses 4 through 7 of 1 Corinthians 13, those are things that we practice both personally and interpersonally. And we do it together. As followers of Jesus and as, as human beings... We have different skills and abilities and talents, and and some of them we've seen on display this morning. Larry's beautiful flugelhorn solo, that's a fun phrase to say, beautiful flugelhorn. Uh, His beautiful flugelhorn work is a gift that God has given him. The gifts of hospitality and the gifts of welcoming and the gifts of, of greeting people as we came through the doors this morning. Those were gifts from God. The praise band's ability to lead worship. Gary and Derek's ability to run the technical aspects of worship. These are all gifts from God. But they don't matter for squat if they don't love. When you're winter hiking, as I enjoy but Katie doesn't, when you're winter hiking... There's the the three rules of layering. And you have your base layer, which is a a layer of wool that that when you buy it, you say, I'm paying how much for this very thin piece of material? And so you buy it, and you put it on, and then you go, okay, I get it, because it keeps the heat right in close to your body. And then you have your insulating layer, which is usually like a puffy jacket or something like that. You put that on and that keeps the heat in. And then you have your wind repellent layer or your your water repellent layer. So if it's raining or snowing, which both of these are possibilities in in this neck of the woods this time of year, and you have your, your, your wind layer. But underneath all of it is that base layer. You don't see it, but it's there. It keeps you warm, it keeps you safe, it keeps you moving. For the life as a follower of Jesus, underneath all of the other gifts, we have to have love. We have to have that love for God, love for ourselves, love for other people. Or else who cares? Because if we don't have love, people can see through that so quickly. And it doesn't end up mattering at all. Paul says that he can do all of these remarkable spiritual things, and he lists off a bunch of gifts that the the Corinthian church, as you see in chapters 12 and 14, he lifts off a whole bunch of gifts in the church, gifts that they're interested about, gifts that they're curious in, gifts that they want to practice. But he says if you don't have love underneath those gifts— you might as well be a, a, a gong just reverberating over and over and over again. Because God's love has to undergird, has to sit underneath all of our other gifts as followers of Jesus. And so we show this love through our gifts. We show this love within the church. But we don't exist unto ourselves, do we? 
that church doesn't just exist to be the church for the sake of being the church. There's loads of clubs and organizations out there that you can join that exist just to be a club, just to be an organization. I don't know how much I trust them because as Groucho Marx once said, I wouldn't be part of any club that would have me as a member. (laughs) The church exists to share God's love with the whole world. As I said earlier, the church exists to be the closest thing that we can get to the perfection of God's love here on earth. And the world is watching. Right now more than ever, especially in the United States, people are watching. And they're looking for two things. How do we love each other? And how do we love the world? Those are two questions that anyone asks when they look at the church. And sadly, so many times in America, the church is found wanting. And I'm not sure why. Because we serve a God who has an overflow of love. We're not short of love. We're not running out of love. I don't know where the coffee cups in the gym keep showing up from. But at some point, we're going to run out of them and we have to order more. God's love does not run out. We don't need to be stingy with it. We have to ask ourselves, which do we care about more? Showing God's love or maintaining power in our world? Which do we love more? Care about more? Loving God or being right? Which matters to us more? Loving or hating? Can we show love as opposing hate? I think we can. Can we show love in the face of opposition to the good news that through Christ, God is renewing and remaking the world? Yes, we can. And this is the duty and responsibility of the church. Because Paul says, all of this is nothing without love. I spoke at the beginning about the marriage of heaven and earth and how that was broken. But Christmas is when God started marriage therapy. Is when God started renewing the bonds of marriage between heaven and earth through Jesus. We live this way of love. We allow love, God's love, to reign in our lives. So that as God continues to renew us through the Holy Spirit, that this relationship that we crave, 
these longings of our heart will be fulfilled in Jesus. And we know that someday Jesus is coming again. And that when Jesus appears again on this earth to bring the fullness of the rule and reign of God to our world, we will long no more. Faith will be complete. Hope will be fulfilled because the promise has come true. But love, love will reign. Love will last because God is love. Through love, Christ came to earth. Through love, Christ was born as a baby. And through love, Christ will come again.